Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, personal growth and development, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. Let me lead this podcast with a quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh, wrote it all the way back in 1926 in a story entitled Rich Boy. He said this, quote, let me tell you about the very rich. They're very different from you and me. They possess and enjoy early and it does something to them, makes them soft where we are hard and cynical where we're trustful in a way that unless you were born rich, it's very difficult to understand, end quote. So, I also ran across this story and of a wealthy student on campus uh, where I teach. And he had got busted parking in a handicap accessible parking spot. And his rationale was, it's not illegal for me to park in handicapped spaces. It only costs me $250 if I get caught. I'd rather not deal with the rain and pay for the pay the parking ticket. You know, we need to be on alert about something that is occurring new with the affluent. Uh, If we're not careful about this, the divide between the rich and poor will worsen. So my topic for the day is something called a luxury belief. You know, the the story of the affluent, the upper class Americans, uh, they they used to primarily display their social status with luxury goods. But today... Interestingly, that's starting to modify and they're starting to display their affluent status with luxury beliefs. Not all of them, obviously. So let's not do the the gross overgeneralization. There are plenty of people that have money and wealth and they don't flaunt it. They don't use it to to score social points or anything like that. Uh, So it. It's an issue that is out there, but it's let's not overgeneralize that all the wealthy do this. Uh, you know, it was, but if we look at the difference between the luxury goods versus luxury beliefs, it really was a fairly harmless undertaking when the when the affluent overspent on cars or clothes, bags or shoes. You know, chasing the shiny en vogue things that that's always been a hobby of the rich, but luxury beliefs are much more dangerous than luxury things. See, luxury beliefs are ideas and opinions that put a status on the rich at a very low cost. But these beliefs that they promote and they throw out there in social media have the potential to wreak huge havoc on the lower class. So these beliefs... Are, have kind of become the new status symbol of the affluent. And the beauty for the wealthy is they don't even have to act out on these beliefs. They only have to signal that they accept those beliefs. And so they're perfect for this social media world we live in because with little energy or effort, the affluent then can rage against trendy social ills, for example. Uh, they gain street cred with literally no risk to themselves. So the problem is what they say tends to be the exact opposite of how they act. 
And I'm just going to, in this podcast, talk about four examples where those of us that are not in the rich, affluent class parade around these luxury beliefs like peacocks in their full bloom. Uh, The first one, defund the police. Eric Adams, actually a black Democrat running for the mayor of New York City, articulated this very well when he said, there are many young white affluent people who are coming into our neighborhoods and setting the conversation on defunding the police. I mean, really, how noble of rich white kids to rage against defunding the police in neighborhoods they don't even live in. See, the affluent, they live in gated communities. Many even have private security in their own homes. So defunding the police would have little impact on their lives. You know, walking around the hollowed grounds of Harvard or Yale, pretty darn safe environment from crime. So it becomes really easy to do the virtue signaling of defunding the police. But the facts are that unlimited data demonstrate that high crime rates occur in the low to working class neighborhoods. So quite frankly, why are the affluent rich out there pushing this narrative of defund the police? It's the low and the working class that depend on the police for security and safety, not the affluent rich. So it doesn't really take much courage at all to call for defunding the police when you live in a neighborhood where rarely or ever will you need the police. Number two, sexual freedom. In the world of sexuality, the affluent class is all in just saying anything goes. Hookup apps are great. Marriage is a dying institution. Gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, asexual is all good all the time. Whatever you want. That's the messaging that we're hearing parroted out of the mouths of those in the affluent class. Yet the statistics are showing an exact opposite action versus the belief system. So the statistics are telling us that the affluent uh, overwhelmingly live in two-parent, stable, monogamous households. The affluent are less promiscuous and the number of single moms is dramatically lower in wealthy homes. Studies also show affluent millennials and Gen Zers, when you poll them and ask them what they want in the future, they say they want to live in a stable home like their parents when they settle down, which is common and normal and expected. So the data shows over 85% of affluent families live in traditional two-parent households. In the low and working classes, two-parent households fall to around 30%, a dramatic, dramatic difference. So here we are again. It's easy to virtue signal these luxury beliefs to the world as if they're good and valid and that's what they want, when in fact, that's not how they act and or nor is it how they hope to act in the future. See that instability in the home? It's wreaking havoc on poor and working class communities. Having been a foster parent for years, my goodness, the devastation when that family structure is destroyed is, is it's, it's stunning to see it in action. 
so the destruction of the nuclear family, it's not a problem for the affluent class because their households are holding pretty steady. Yet they mock, they decry the traditional structure that one day they want to live in and what they grew up in. Number three, white privilege. Affluent whites are the by far most enthusiastic about pushing the idea of white privilege. Yet, they're the least likely to incur any cost for promoting that belief. See, in a bizarre ironic twist, the affluent white person gains status by lamenting their high status. So if the moral outrage that comes from these affluent white classes in the universities, um, in the education system, or in society in general, if that moral outrage is going to lead to a new law, it's not going to be the privileged white people that are harmed. The wealthy have the resources to overcome any inconvenience that the poor are going to bear. So it actually seems absurd to say that 20 million whites right now that are living below the poverty line in America, that they have white privilege. Whites make up half of all the people below the poverty line in America, which is almost spot on to the exact uh, demographic that, that are white people in America. So it's, it's this misplaced claim anyone of any, any race below the poverty line is privileged. I mean, that's almost absurd to make that claim. Most whites that are living below the poverty line would likely say, could I get me some of that white privilege, please? I, I could really use it about right now. Number four, socialism. Socialism is good. Ask a young ad adult about the evils of capitalism and they will tell you very clearly how evil it is. Poll after poll shows young adults have a more positive view of socialism than prior generations. Yet, millennials are on the cusp of being the recipients of an enormous generational shift of assets over the next decade. It will be the most significant shift of wealth in American history, tens of trillions of dollars are going to pass between the generations in the next decade. Now, could it be that some affluent whites will give up their trust funds and all of their money for a socialist ideal of equality? Well, maybe. I highly, highly doubt it. May some be more generous than prior generations? Possibly, I could see that. But history tends to repeat itself. So the actions most likely are not going to meet the reality for all the virtue signaling of the let's share everything together in a socialist utopia of love. You know, the sociologist Lauren Rivera found a full 70% of Harvard senior class submits resume to Wall Street, and Wall Street consulting investment banking firms. Despite endless anti-war, anti-capitalist rants from elite university students, they still seek out high-paying investment banks and consulting firms to work for at the highest rate of any other type of job. Statistics show a mere 3.5% of graduates from the Ivy League end up working in government and politics, 5% in healthcare-related fields. 8.8% in any form of public service. Nearly none take a low-paying job as a, as a K-12 teacher. 
So what they say they want versus what they are doing are not matching. There is such power in the social media and this image and this street cred that the wealthy people are trying to bestow upon themselves uh, that is not healthy. So, again, none of this article minimizes, none, none of what I'm talking about here uh, minimizes real problems that face our society today. And I'm also not writing this to mock well-intentioned, affluent, wealthy people who, who do truly want to solve the social ills of society. I totally admire the honest, affluent members of society who have a deep passion and want to help those in need. Yet, listening to the blustery virtue signaling from the elite is dangerous. Taking cues from wealthy plutocrats from L.A. or New York City is not the best course of action most of the time for most of us living in the real world trying to solve real social problems. See, their actions, the affluence actions, they don't usually match their posturing in public. The wealthy don't bear the brunt of the problems created by false narratives that turn into misplaced laws. You and I bear the brunt of that posturing. So just as the affluent believe they're above the common goods, most of us may buy at Target or Walmart, uh, they, they also have the egotistical notion that their beliefs Oh, they're very different too. See, luxury beliefs allow the affluent to separate their status from the masses, just like the cars they drive or the clothes they wear. The affluent, in many ways, have always dreaded being associated with some boring, old-fashioned, middle-class, out-of-date belief system. They always want to be cutting edge, whether it's fashion or ideas, and they want to resist displaying those commonplace thoughts as much as they would want to avoid wearing off-brand shoes. So they create a belief system and they project an image to the public to separate themselves. Yet this belief system isn't what they live. It's only an image they project to increase their social status. So the rich and powerful, they prefer to stay rich and powerful. I know it's a Captain Obvious statement there, but any help that they are offering to us little people, to fix society's needs, we need to carefully evaluate those needs. Because just as F. Scott Fitzgerald said, the rich are different from you and me. This does not mean they're not, they, they're all out with evil intent. However, it's very dangerous to assume that very rich Hollywood types, very elite Ivy League university types, have the society's best interest at heart when in fact it's demonstrated that often they don't act out the very beliefs that they say they believe in when they're talking in the public sphere on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these other places. So we just have to be aware of that. Uh, you know, talk is cheap. It's easy to make these claims. But the truth is, we need to make sure that we're not just blindly following along. Because these luxury beliefs, these ideas and opinions that automatically give status 
to the rich at very minimal cost to them. But those beliefs have the potential to just wreak horrid problems and havoc on the the rest of society. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I so hope you found value in the topic today. You know, every single day, if we can expand our perspective just a little bit on any range of topic, whether it be about our physical body, intellectual sharpness and perspective, or spiritual growth, then if we stay consistent in the long run, we all become more well-rounded people able to cope with all manner of events in life. I always appreciate you clicking like or follow to this podcast. Generally, a new episode is published every single week. And please, if you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear about them. With that, I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week until we talk again.